You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Wednesday, January 6th. My name, of course, as always, is Javier Reyes, your host of this year Lockdown Padres Podcast. Check out the follow Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account, which is at Javapeno which is spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. If you feel ever oh so inclined, please hit me up on either of those two accounts with any questions, comments, or concerns that you might have, and I'll answer them right here on the show. Definitely planning to do a mailbag soon as start of uh, to celebrate the start of 2021. Uh, keep an eye on out for that. But for today's episode, guys, first of all, is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. For today's episode, guys, we are continuing my chat with Sean Sears that we, I believe, did we start that on Thursday or Friday? I forgot which day it was that we started that. I'm forgetting already. I'm a little bit late on the episodes this week. Uh, but, yes, yeah, part two of the conversation. We're talking all the rest of the Cubs thing and Darvish, and it's it's a really fun conversation. So I hope you guys enjoy and stick around for the end of the podcast for me to tease what's coming up. Because let me tell you guys. Uh, th- there's a lot coming up. There's a lot of stuff coming up, so uh, stay tuned for that, guys. Without further ado, let's go! Yeah, it's very, and I think I actually, uh, not to go like conspiracy, no, this isn't even conspiracy, but I think that mm. this is where the sport, I think in a way, teams are smarter. I, I do think that in fairness, I think teams are being a little bit smarter where they're like, all right, I'm not paying George Springer seven years of uh, whatever the heck it'll end up costing him, like $250 million for a guy who is great. But this is not a sport like basketball. This is not a sport where, like, in football, if you pay the quarterback, like, congratulations. you'll If you have the good quarterback, that's usually how football works. Um, in baseball, right. look at look at the Angels with Mike Trout. Look at what the – the Angels did that. And what, like, they did Josh Hamilton, the Albert Pujols. Mm-hmm. Like, they did that. They just signed Rendon, and they couldn't even make it in an expanded playoff season. So, to a degree – I think we should light up just a tiny bit on teams because I do understand the the hesitation that. Mm-hmm. However, I wonder if this is kind of stemming back from just a theory that I haven't even I just thought of now. I wonder if this is stemming back from baseball just not controlling the years when it comes to uh, contracts. I'm not talking about money per year, but just these nine like consistent seven year deals, not figuring out how to make it that guys aren't getting paid when they're 30 and you know they will not be good for the 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 majority of the deal that like the NBA, it's like three, four, maybe five year deals. And it's like, they're 26. And I wonder if baseball needed to have done that in order to make it, that there's more of a swap, more of a market that makes more sense um, for players and stuff. Cause it's like, all right. Yeah. Like what's his face. Uh, Aaron judge, for example, um, that mm-hmm. just comes to mind. He's like 28, 29. And I think becomes a free agent at the end of this year. And it's like, okay, so he's going to be 30. Theoretically. I don't remember his exact age, but hear me out. Sure. It's like, okay, like that guy's good, but you know, based on how the history of baseball works, unless he's an all-timer, unless he's an absolute, like an all-timer player, like one of the one, one of the 1% of the 1%, he's going to, if you give him an eight-year deal, he's going to be good for three of those eight years. And then the other five years, you're just hoping that he's average and he's solid and he gives you some good playoff mm-hmm. moments, right? That's one of the issues with baseball. And I'm wondering if baseball not addressing that has led to 
some of the teams, yeah, being cheap for sure, but also being like, well, I'd rather build and hopefully get a guy who's just as good as Colton Wong or whatever, like instead of signing Colton. So I wonder if that's kind of what's happening. And I know that the Cubs, another question for you is like, do you think they're really going to have this fire? So I know I've been talking a while, but do you really think, speaking mm-hmm. of Bryant, do you think they're going to trade him? Do you think they're going to trade Baez? Do you think they're going to trade Swarber? Like what's going on? And everything I just said, I gave you a lot to handle, Sean. Mm-hmm. A lot to handle, Dude, but I'm I know you can't, so go for it. <laughs> no, yeah. So in, in terms of the players, yeah, there they probably should be a better, like I'm, I'm hoping this new CBA addresses a lot of that because like this is, I mean, the league is acting as if the luxury tax is a, is a salary cap at this point because it essentially functions as that. And it's like, you know, if we're going to pretend this is a salary cap, why don't we just make it a salary cap? If teams yeah. are realistically not going to go over it anyways, um, what's the point? You know, like, and if the only team that's going to do it is the Yankees and, and the Cubs kind of by accident, not really wanting to, like, okay, what, what are we doing? So I, I, I hope the new CBA hammers out a lot of that. I do think that I am a fan of the, the, the player empowerment stuff we've seen with the NBA and the NFL. I think that should be coming to baseball and, and then some. It's ridiculous how terrible minor league players are, are paid. And I think it sucks because a lot of people look at that high price point that Mike Trout gets or Manny Machado, Bryce Harper, whoever it may be. But then you look at like what the minor leaguers are like. Those guys didn't get paid literally from like October all the way until June. Like they weren't making any money. (laughs) Like, how is that even like, and it's ridiculous. So like, that's a whole nother thing too. So I I hope the CBA figures out a lot of this because there's plenty of things that need to change. And I I agree too. There are times where like to keep a 30 year old on your team, realistically, you're going to have to pay him a stupid amount of money because a team like the Mets who who have an owner like Steve Cohen, will just throw that extra money in there. Cause like, he's at least admittedly saying like, it isn't, you know, another $2 million to Steve Cohen isn't going to hurt him. So those type of things need to change in terms of like the Cubs and trading and fire sale. I think, um, I mean, they've had Chris market or Chris, Chris market, Chris Bryant on the market um, for two off seasons now, I guess. And I I would, I I would expect at this point, they probably know what the offering price is and it's only gone down since they put him on the market last year. So it's going to be tough to move him. I, I, I know there was rumors that Wilson Contreras was picking up some, uh, some interest yeah. and there was a mm-hmm. report saying they were extensively shopping him. I know that was shot down a little bit by Jed Hoyer, but they are listening to offers. I know the Rays, the other thing that sucks about the, the, the Padres deal here is that trade with Snell pretty much closed out the door on the Cubs trading Contreras to the Rays at some point. Yeah. Cause I thought that mm-hmm. might make sense, but obviously that closed the door there. But I, I would say, I mean, if they're going to move someone now, it's probably going to be, it's going to have to be a very attractive package or they'll probably bank on these guys getting better at the off or at the deadline and, and, and maybe trying to move them. Then the values cut, but at the same time too, these are guys are all free agents outside of Contreras after next year anyways. So I would not be surprised to see, even if the Cubs are competitive, them, if they're, you know, if they're up a couple games in the division and at the deadline and Chris Bryant's having a good season, I can see them trading him just because they, they want to get value back and they know they're, they're not going to get it anywhere else at this point. So I think a trade's coming. I just don't think it's going to happen this offseason. Whoa, just wait a second, guys. I got to take a quick break. I know you're enjoying the discussion, but I got to give you a quick old break to talk about something very important, guys, and that is betonline.ag. Are you guys ready for the, some 
football. You're ready for all these college, you know, national championship game. I imagine is coming up soon. Basketball obviously is underway, and we got the playoffs coming up this weekend. And there's only one place, only one place for all these football playoffs and whatever kind of stuff you you are into in the sports world that has you covered. And one place we trust that is BetOnline.ag. Sign up for today for a free account at BetOnline.ag and use that promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. Let me tell you, it's all about NFL playoffs this weekend. And I'm looking at a couple of these games. I mean, the Browns are plus six. I, I I don't know, man. I feel like that might be. I think the Steelers might like totally kick their butts this weekend. I'm worried that they just all of their coaches tested positive. It just feels like a very Browns thing to happen. Don't get me wrong. Still happy for the fans. It was still a good season for them. They finally made the playoffs and the first time since forever. Uh, I actually, you know, I, so I'm just saying, guys. All my Browns uh, fans, homies out there, be a little bit careful. I don't think this one will go anyway. So I'd look into that game. And then the Bears. It's actually in the Bears Saints game. The Saints are minus 10, 10 and a half. I actually think that's a little bit too high. I'm not, I'm not saying that the that Mitch Trubisky's amazing or anything, but that's like really, really high for this game. I, I'm just, I don't know. I would look into it. There's something about the Saints that feels a little off. I don't know. But that's, I, again, guys, I don't really know what I'm talking about. I'm just here to give you the ad and talk about stuff. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use, though, the promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And um, nom, 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 we're not done yet, everybody. Um, nom, 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 nom. I got to talk to you about one of my favorite things ever. And that are those are the the, the built bars, the, the built bar thingies. You know they're really really great. They're the best protein bars on the market. They are covered in 100% chocolate and soft and easy to chew. And most importantly, most maybe not most importantly, but most impressively. There's 12 original flavors, coconut almond, raspberry, German chocolate, peanut butter, banana bread, mint brownie, salted caramel, double chocolate, orange, toffee almond, coconut, and peanut butter brownie, and they have six amazing new flavors. They've got caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. If you guys don't get hungry just hearing those flavors, I don't know what's wrong with you. And on top of all that, guys, of course, they are protein bars, and they are really healthy for you. They're great for the keto diet, thanks to high fiber, high protein, low sugar, and a low amount of calories. So what are you waiting for, ladies and gentlemen? Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Remember, that is promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. So (laughs) on one point, you know, just as a casual kind of, you know, I'm watching baseball, obviously. The Cubs win that World Series in 2016, and it's, it's one of those teams that's very young. All the stuff on there is, you know, he's still when you have Arietta, the oldest guy on the team is probably like Lester, I guess. And, you know, you have Chapman yeah. in there and it's just very like their core was so young and everyone's like, this is a team that's going to be competing for a while. And you guys certainly competed, but then it's, it's amazing how much it's fallen off. I mean, Chris Bryant, I can't believe this guy is on the market. I know he didn't have a good 2020, but if you just look at his numbers, he hasn't had an odd base below, I think 370. Like, in his career so far, and he's hits, like, 30 home runs every year. I don't really – and he's won the MVP before, which I forgot about, by the way. I totally forgot. Thank God for baseball offense. Yeah. He won that. I forgot he won the MVP that year. I don't know why, but yeah. I just totally forgot. And he, then had a, he came up he and got a good immediately. It's just – Yeah, and then he had a better it. 2017 season, and then people were like, why does Chris Bryant suck? And it's like, yeah, shut up. <laughs> like, like, he's it's so like, good. And it's, in 2019, <laughs> he was good, too. 282, yeah, 382, 521, 31 overs. What's going on? What is going on with your team? <laughs> like, I get like, 
I, I know Javi Baez is like one of those. He's he's good, but he's yeah he's weird. I I don't because the strikeouts are not great, but he's such mm. a good defender. I don't. He's one of those guys though. I could feel. I feel like something could go horribly wrong with his career in terms of just like him being only a defensive guy who just can't hit at all and just being a fancy baseball guy, which is cool. Uh, you know, twenty twenty guy or whatever the heck that he does every year. But mm. I just can't believe the kind of fall off that the Cubs have had. I guess I just it's it's very weird to watch the Padres poaching from the yeah. Cubs as if they're the farm system for them now. It's super weird too, because like, even just like a couple of years ago, this was the Cubs, like this trade, the trade for Jake Arrieta, they, they sent Scott Feldman mm-hmm. and Steve Clevenger and got Jake Arrieta and Pedro Strope back. Like that like, I remember those days where I was just like, Oh my God, Theo Epstein, <laughs> like can yeah. do no wrong. This man like knows all and does all. So I, I can appreciate the feeling right now. I'm sure it's nice sitting on cloud nine, looking and being like, ha look at all these guys we got as a Padres fan. Um, yeah. but for the Cubs, what, what really sucks is like, like you said, that that 2016 team was so young and I think it just made everyone think like, okay, the Cubs are here and they're here for a bit. And they, they were to some extent, but it was very clearly, they were getting worse every year. And, um, uh, mm-hmm. it's like the antithesis should have been happening. Um, but mm-hmm. the problem was, I think a lot of these young guys, the Cubs, and I, I don't know why they did this. A lot of it was out of need, but they called all those guys up way earlier than you would have expected. Majority of those guys didn't even get a ton of reps in double A. Um, I know Addison Russell got called up in 2015 because of an injury shortstop, and then mm-hmm. he just stuck there. Javier Baez was supposed things, to be called yeah. up there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Then Addison Russell turned out to be a jerk, and that's putting it mildly. Um, but, uh, yeah, that all happened. And then you've got like Ad, or like Albert Amora, who was the Cubs' first pick from the Epstein era, was 19 years old when they picked him up. They Everyone thought he was the, short, the, the center fielder of the future. He gets called up. He makes those big plays in the postseason in 2016. And then from there, it's just kind of like pretty good defender, but it's just like he might make contact, but it's like definitely going on the ground. He just couldn't mm-hmm. elevate balls. So like a lot of these guys, they just got called up and they had weird glaring holes that Joe Madden was really good at hiding his players from. And in his mind at those moments, he was putting them into moments to succeed. But you talk about a guy like Anthony, Anthony Rizzo, for instance, a guy who, when he came up even with the Padres and then even shortly with the Cubs too, could not hit left-handed pitching for his life. Um, And obviously a first baseman, you're not looking to platoon that position. So like you you need that to work. Right. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. How's Andrew Kashner? Um, (laughs) Sorry. Man, God. there's a universe where Andrew <laughs> Kasher turned out good. There definitely is. I refuse there to. There is, man. There's I a universe, man. So well. I, yeah. I can see he's, I can see the portals, the dimensional portal. Yeah. Like he's on he's on the, the Rays right now, and he's won like two scions. Yeah. I'm, I'm convinced of it. <laughs> the Rays would have like, fixed him, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like they, they gave Rizzo the opportunity to hit against left-handed pitching. And then it became, it did become an issue. The Cubs didn't really do that with a lot of their young guys. And we saw like, they sent Kyle Schwarber back to the minors after coming up, getting hurt, coming back up for the world series. Everyone's like, all right, this guy's amazing. If he can hit in the world series, he can hit anywhere. And then he came back in 2017 and, and was really bad for that first half. He got sent down to the minors and, June I think he was there until after the 4th of July and he looked like a different hitter from that point these a lot of these guys needed that moment same thing with Ian Happ he got called up at an earlier time was on the Cubs for about a year and a half and then got sent down to the minors and spent pretty much all of 2019 in the minors 
got mm. called up. And last year, he was probably the Cubs' best hitter for a good portion of the year, if not the entire year. So, like, the Cubs just had a weird way of developing talent. And it felt like they were really good at identifying what one of these players was really good at and, and letting them shine in those moments. But then when it came to adjustments and becoming better and, and learning what to do, Joe Madden's mantra was very much like, you know, you do you. You, 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 you know yourself better than anyone. You get comfortable. And it worked great. But as these guys started to mature and, and needed to learn to make adjustments and, and what it took to be a major league player, like a lot of these guys like won the world series at 22. Yeah. They didn't know what work ethic was. And at that point, yeah. you know, Hey, I got called up. I'm on this team. We on the world series. Like this is what happens every year. Right. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, it's, they weren't <laughs> able to sustain it, I guess is the, 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 the short mm-hmm. version of it. Right. Um, and it's weird to see where they are. Um, but man, I mean, I have to, last question, I guess, like, is it mm-hmm. like, cause I always, cause I always famously on this podcast, not famously, very not famously, but I always, <laughs> I always complain about Boston fans aside from the fact that I hate them. Um, just specifically why I hate them. I don't look and, and shout out Gabrielle star of Lockton Red Sox. She's great. I'm, I'm not saying right. her, awesome. I understand. I understand being mad that the Red Sox are like, we can't afford Mookie bets. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. I get that part of it, but. Let's say let's say the Patriots or the whoever the, the Celtics, right? I'm like, okay, okay, let's talk about something for a second. You guys have won so many championships. I can't like I don't actually believe that you can be right. that upset when you lose like two years later, you haven't won a World Series yet. This also goes to my one of my best friends who is an Eagles fan. And after they beat the Patriots in the World Series. You know, I'm watching that first kickoff game next season. I think it's Falcons Eagles, if I'm not mistaken. The game sucked, by the way. It was terrible. And yeah, you know, and then I'm all, he's like, "What the like?" He's like actually getting complaint. He's putting out the tweets. I'm depressing. All I'm like, no, no. There's no yeah. way. Like I I make the joke a lot where I'm like the Chargers, my other team. <laughs> the fact that if someone asked me if you chop off one finger the Chargers were winning a Super Bowl. The fact that I would think about it, it's just like, yeah. how could all these people be complaining? Are you honestly, like, how long do you think it lasts? Especially for the Cubs, because they hadn't won in, like, you know, since the the pre- prehistoric times. How long yes. does it honestly last? Does it really still hurt the same way when you haven't won? Like, when you didn't win in 2019, 2018, you lose in the playoffs or whatever. Does it? Is it really actually that bad, or is it just kind of a, like, Nah, yeah, this sucks. I still care, but it's like, man, 2016, man. Like, what is it actually like? So, like, I what like, is it would like have to t- if you, yeah, yeah t- <laughs> teach me to win. Um, <laughs> um, no, I, um, I would say so. Like, 2017 was basically just a massive hangover from 2016. I would say, like, most most of these guys, like, I, I mean. Rizzo had his own like cereal like I was eating like <laughs> Cheerios that were named Rizzo's that like like I still probably have a box somewhere just cause but like I was eating his cereal from the World Series in like July of the next year so like that like Wrigleyville was just like this will never die we are going to use this for everything Chicago was like hey did you guys want Chicago Cub World Series koozies from this bank do you want this or whatever so it was like like the city itself was just trying to like live in that moment for as long as it could, just because it would took so goddamn long for it to happen. Um, but then in like 2018, I I actually I went to the so the Cubs got that was the year that they ended up tied for the with the Brewers for the division after leading it by like seven games at at the uh, at the the All Star break. Um, 
end up tied with the Brewers, play the 173, lose seven, three to one, just like they'd lost like every other game that year for the most part, go into this 14 inning funeral against the Rockies where they can't score more than one run. Um, and then Theo Epstein comes in and, and, and talks and says things need to change or whatever. Yeah, then I was pissed. That sucked. That was a nightmare. And that was so frustrating to see this team stick with the same core for two years and, and not change anything. Um, and then to see them not change anything again in 2019 and then in 2020, like the Cubs, I think highest paid offseason acquisition is Daniel Descalso at $5 million. And that was back in 2018. They haven't paid anyone any more money since like what yeah. in the world. And the, the yeah. Cubs front yeah. office and like ownership group has hit behind the idea that they were one of the top payrolls in baseball and have been. And it's like, well, yeah, you, you, you paid John Lester 155 million. You paid uh, Jason Hayward 168 million. You Darvish 126 million. Yeah. That's going to equate to a pretty damn big payroll, <laughs> but you're not, you're not spending money consistently. So I, that was what really frustrated me. And that's what made winning suck. But winning a World Series, I honestly would not – like, I still would do it. Like, if you were to tell me in 2016, like, the world was going to get just a massively shitter after the Cubs won the World Series, <laughs> I would 100% roll those dice. I'd be like, all right, let's see. <laughs> yeah, let's see. <laughs> like, yeah, I think we've all done what's that. What's going to happen? There's definitely like, some, I wouldn't even think twice. Yeah, there's definitely some Red Sox fan out there who, like, a magical genie came out of a lamp and was like, woo! Okay, you'll yeah. win the World Series, but one of your star players will turn out to be the biggest bigot in all of sports. Yeah. Do you take the deal? And then the person's like, "Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah." Like I get it. Like I do. Like I think all of us, Padres <laughs> fans, right now, like, please, dear God, I hope that like none of none of the guys turn out to right. be you know you know that that other guy that we're all that I'm alluding to right now. I would it's I won't even right. speak his name on this podcast. Uh, I hope he does it like some, and then I'm gonna get like a message some. Twitter guy, a uh, uh, Padres Twitter, just yeah. like you know, I made a deal with that same G to talk to the Boston guy, you know, like something like that. But um, just in general, yeah, it seems like the Cubs they kind of pulled the Sega just for a game reference out there. Eighties, nineties Sega, they are blowing up all over the place. You know, Sega do what Nintendo. They kind of get comfortable on the fact that they're making oozles of money, like thanks largely to the Mister Sanic the Hedgehog, and then they kind of don't do anything. They don't evolve. They don't adapt, and then they just kind of fall off, and now they're there are borderline meme in the gaming industry now. It the Cubs uh, are certainly not a meme. Uh, hopefully, it's only a temporarily uh, kind of a, a blur for them. But in general, Sean, um, I hope I hope you get through this this tough time. It must be rough. It's only been four years since <laughs> you won a title. Oh, it's just the worst. It must be the worst. Um, do you have any yeah, kind of? Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, like it's it's like this this trade is a bummer. And but like you said, still, like we're we're coming out of the like a, the golden era of, of Cub baseball. Like I have a million complaints about this team, as I always will probably, and I'm sure there's plenty of things I'll nitpick the Epstein for, but at the end of the day, like they they absolutely changed absolutely changed the way the you, you think as a Cubs fan. Like the we are no longer the lovable losers. We won a title, that's over and done yeah. with. Next thing is now to apparently find a way to win consistently and not do stupid things. And the Cubs are like the kings of doing really stupid things for no reason or not changing. And now they're kind of being forced to change. And I think it's going to tell us a lot about who Jed Hoyer is now, who's filling in for Theo Epstein, what this future looks like, who we can expect to stick around. A lot of these questions we've been asking for three, four years now. We're going to finally get answers, and I think that's key. And you, I think as Cubs fans, you won't just kind of be held up in the air, holding on to your World Series jersey, 
and, 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 and not, you know, trying to, you know, worry about what's coming next. They've been kind of just been stuck in this middle. And now that, you know, the decision has been somewhat made for the Cubs, at least fans can kind of get an idea of what direction this team's been going. Cause it's been like teeter totting between maybe competing, maybe blowing things up for like three seasons now. Um, I don't think they're going to blow things up. They'll probably be like worse next year in 2021. And hopefully maybe they go for it in 2022, but there's still a lot to be excited about. And if anyone's sitting here really complaining about what happened over this last decade for cup baseball, you, you just don't get it. So as, yeah. especially as someone like you as a Padres fan who's been sitting here yep. waiting for it, yep. or even just Dodgers fans up until last year, like you could yeah. be so stupid good and spend so much money and still lose to the Washington nationals. <laughs> <laughs> and Howie Kendrick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Howie Kendrick. Hey, man, but it's only baseball. It's only baseball. Sean, it's uh, been a blast talking to you, sir. I hope the offseason goes well. Uh, apparently, my team is the only one that does any, some, anything in the offseason, but still, I yeah. still hope it uh, it goes well, man. And uh, yeah, I hope you're doing good during these times. I hope you have a happy new year. Thanks. You too, Javi. I appreciate you finally having me on, man. And zippity dop doo dop, everybody. That is it. For my conversation with Mr. Sean Sears, an absolute legend of Locked On Cubs. I will be linking in the description below his podcast and his Twitter page and all that stuff. Be sure to check that out. He does a great job over there. Before we get into the future of my podcast, guys, first of all, I just want to say one thing. 2020, it is mercifully over. It's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want more wins, listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They're picking college basketball, football, NFL football, college football, whatever, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to the Locked On Bets podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Be sure to do that. Like I said, they've been on a roll. And by the way, I forgot to toot my own horn a little bit. I, I actually said uh, with the Bet I Light AG thing, I said that the the Nets were favored by a little bit too much against the Hawks. I would, uh, you know, look into those prop bets, and guess what happened? The Hawks beat them. So I'm just saying, guys, maybe I'm not too bad at predicting this stuff. I still probably won't gamble, though, because I am... I will lose my luck at the at the wrong time. That's basically what I've learned from uh, the few times I've gambled in my life. But anyway, guys, let me talk really quickly about uh, what you can expect for the future of the show. This week, I'm actually going back and forth. I don't want to be too repetitive with talking about all the moves the Padres made last week. But basically, I've recorded so many kind of shows uh, I have so much stuff in the bank at this point about all the Padres deadlines. I have a conversation with Jeff Ellis in the bank on all the stuff in terms of the Mike Clevenger trade. We talked about that. We talked about the Padres deadline, but we also, since I never had him on the podcast to talk about the Clevenger thing, we kind of talked about that and comparing and contrasting, you know, these pre- these moves just made last week versus the one the Padres made with the Indians and kind of breaking that all down and stuff and just talking basic baseball. I also have a huge conversation that I had with Millard Thomas that's already up on his feed. Go check that out. I think he released part one of that. Uh, and we talked about basically everything about the NL West. I specifically... A lot of the traits of the Padres, but a lot of stuff for the NLS. And a couple of things about Mike Trout, because that's Millard's brand in a lot of ways. It's uh, his takes on Mike Trout. And I made a couple comments about Danny Ainge being a fraud, something like that. So I have that potentially on the horizon for you guys. I also have part three of my conversation with Gabrielle that I may drop tomorrow. I've also got... A conversation upcoming with David of Locked On Chargers to kind of talk about the end of the season, what it was like covering the Chargers this season, and you know whether or not he misses them and being in San Diego and all that stuff, and you know just before the playoffs. So that one I definitely think is for sure. Uh, probably on Friday, I think I'm gonna um, drop that one for you guys. That should be really fun. 
Um, and I've also got my chat with Stacy Gotsoulias of Locked On Yankees to talk about that CC Sabathia documentary that dropped about a couple weeks ago, and it was a really fun conversation. It's on her feed. You can check that out now. But it'll be back on this feed soon. Might put that out this week. I don't really know. I don't know. I'm trying to mix things up. And of course, on the deep horizon, I know there's so many things we got planned, right, guys? Uh, we've got finishing up the top 20 moments of the Padres 2020 uh, season and all that. I'm still I'm getting to that, but there's so much to talk about, so much stuff in the bank. So, hey, maybe I'll put on an episode, an, um, an extra episode on the weekend for you guys. I don't know. I'll have to think about that. But with that all being said, guys, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Overcast, wherever. Just just search it up. Just search it up. You know what to do. Uh, Feel free to also send me some five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts if you're on there. Would really love to get that uh, five-star rating up. Uh, for the new year. I think that would be really nice. Uh, be sure to follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account, which is at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. And until next time, stay safe, and of course, stay faithful. My prior faithful homies, take care. Let's go! Let's go!